Welcome to the Central Church of Christ podcast. We are located at 3501 Cheviot Avenue, Cincinnati, Ohio. It is our mission to worship and follow Jesus as we love and serve in his name. Come see us sometime at 1030 on a Sunday morning or while we feed the community at the Bread of Life Cafe each Wednesday evening at 530 p.m. We hope that the following message inspires you in some way today. always wonderful when when the saints meet. Um, if you have your Bibles, uh, Luke chapter 24 is a passage I'd like for us to, to read this morning before we uh, we continue with our, our series on the mission of God's chosen. Um, Luke 24, if you'd like to open your Bibles there. Um, uh, so some news. Uh, Today, I I got some messages this morning and yesterday also from from Bolivia um, and thinking a little bit about uh, um, class this morning, uh, talking about oneness in the body and everything. I was just thinking about the church in in, in Cochabamba. You know, there's three congregations in Cochabamba now. We're going to be beginning a new one now in in April. So we've been busy. Uh, As you all know, our, our idea for the next few years is to continue very involved with the with the works in Bolivia and Argentina and Chile. We're going to be starting a new work this next month in uh, um, one of the suburbs of Cochabamba, so we're excited about that. But today, the Villa Pagador uh, Church, which is uh, the second church plant in Cochabamba, they're celebrating, I think it's their ninth anniversary uh, today. So all the churches are are meeting in one spot, and they're uh, uh, celebrating together with them this morning, and we're, we're excited about that. Um, we're going to be sending out this week a newsletter um, uh, that's going to talk a little bit about the things that we've been involved with for uh, the last few months. You'll re- be receiving that here at, at Central also. Um, so we began this series in January, the mission of God's, of God's chosen, uh, talking about, of course, the mission of God and how we or our purpose and our mission in life uh, begins uh, or stems from, from God's mission. Uh, Luke chapter 24. This is, uh, of course, after Jesus' uh, resurrection, and I love this, this passage, um, beginning in, in verse 13. So uh, Jesus has risen from the dead, and Luke writes, that very day two of them uh, were going to a village named Emmaus. And it's talking about the, these two gentlemen that meet up with the disciples l- later on, uh, Jesus has risen from the dead. The women have, have uh, uh, seen the, uh, the empty tomb. Uh, Peter, uh, he's, st- he's still in unbelief. And of course, all, the rest of the disciples are still in un- unbelief, that, like we're going to read in just a little bit. But that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near. And went, went, and, went, and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood, st- stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened uh, there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, 
a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it at, uh, just as the women had said. And so here they are perplexed and uh, uh, a little confused. Jesus had died. It's been three days. And we had hoped that he was the one. Of course, uh, 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 Jesus later on uh, uh, announces them some wonderful, wonderful news. And if you notice in verse 27, he says, and, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he began to interpret the scriptures to them. All these things concerning himself. Now, oh, I'd love to hear that sermon one of these days. Uh, then it goes on. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they, of course, they invited him to stay with, with them, and he did so. And then it says in verse 30, when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he, was, while he opened the scriptures? Uh, talking about the mission of God's chosen. And uh, like I mentioned before, I just love this passage. And two things that he mentions, how their hearts burned within them when he was explaining the scriptures to them, that's one thing. But how they had lost hope. Jesus is dead, as far as they know. And of course, they, we did, until the end of, 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 the, of the story, we don't realize that uh, they understood that uh, it was Jesus that was with them. Uh, but they had lost hope because they had seen Jesus, they had heard Jesus, and they had hoped that he was the one that was going to deliver them and the world, of course. So understanding missions understanding missions. This is how we started in, in January. Uh, and we define missions as, as the concept of God sending. God is ascending God. He's done that from the very beginning for different purposes. He has sent out uh, people. He sent out a nation. And of course, he sent out his disciples. And he has sent us also. So missions has to do with the concept of sending, but not only sending, but also with the concept of purpose. So mission has to do with our purpose in life. It has to do with the purpose of God. And of course, our purpose stems from his purpose. And of course, God's purpose is to fix everything. Fix everything that mankind has messed up from the very beginning. Adam and Eve were the first ones, and then we've just continued that with, through sin, of course. And so his purpose is to fix what we have, what mankind has ruined, this perfect fellowship. And of course, part of that has to do with Jesus coming and his dying on the cross, but then things are going to all come together again in Christ Jesus when he comes back. And that's what Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 10 talk about. 
Huh? In the end of the ages, Jesus is going to come back and he's just going to fix, he's going to put everything in order. He's going to sum up all things. And all things are going to be again under, under his authority. So what has he done until now? Well, he's resolved the problem, our problem with sin, by blessing mankind, not by judging mankind. Remember, he did that uh, in the flood. He said, I'm not going to do that again. And so in Genesis chapter 12, when man went into sin again and then tried to invade heaven, well, instead of judging mankind again, he decides to bless. And he takes Abraham and he says, through you, I'm going to bless all of mankind. Of course, there's going to be a time of judgment. You see, but God's desire, God's purpose, his will is to bless mankind, and he has done that through Jesus. Jesus paid the price. And now we are a blessed people. Last month, we, we talked about uh, our mission, which stems from God's mission, and the key is found in the story. The key is found in the story. Many times we talk about the idea of evangelism being uh, what our purpose is. No, no, no. Uh, evangelism isn't our purpose in life, and the purpose of God is not to evangelize. You see, evan uh, uh, evangelization has to do with telling the story, telling good news. That's what evangelizing is. That's what gospel is, telling good news. So we think that we do people a favor by telling them that they need to believe and repent and be baptized. And of course, all those things are important. You see, that ends up just being good advice because the good news is something else. That's a part of it. But good news has to do with the purpose of God and God's mission. That's good news. That Jesus came and he died in our place and he's going to fix everything. You see, that's what good news is all about. So evangelism is not about uh, the mission of God. Evangelism is about telling the story. And that's what we talked about uh, uh, last week. And so we as a church, we as a church, it is not much the case that God has a mission for his church in the world. Now what that means is that, okay, God didn't go about establishing his church and then say, well, you know, I need to give these people something to do. So I'm going to tell them, well, go out and make more disciples. No, no, no. You see, God had this mission from the very beginning. And what he's done is he, create, he, he created the church for his mission, for his purpose in the world. That's why we're here. You see, he came to, 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 to deliver us from mankind so we can work with him in accomplishing his mission. So it's not about his church, uh, 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 God having a mission for the church, but that God has a church for his mission in the world. You see, mission was not made for the church. The church was made for his mission. And that gives us purpose. Each and every one of us have purpose in life. So, what is the story all about? Well, the story is about how God, motivated by love, for his creation has purpose to unite the sinful world of his fallen creation to the world of his 
new creation, the new heavens and the new earth. He's going to bring it all together again. So it's all about the story. The story of how in the beginning it started this way and how it's going to end and what has happened in between. So the question is, and this is where we're going to go today, how well do we know the story? How well do we know the story? What key themes do you see in the story? What key themes do you know in the story? The other day, uh, we were in Bible class, I guess, I guess it was on Wednesday night, we were in Bible class, and I was reminded, because we were talking about, about uh, uh, um, um, the, the 40 years in the desert, and uh, God bringing Israel out of Egypt. And I was, well, I was reminded about the story I saw when I was a very little kid with Charlton Heston. Uh, the story of the Bible and Exodus where he was Moses. That was the first time I had any idea about, about Israel and Egypt and the 40 years and, 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 and all that that happened. Telling the story. What key themes do you see? What key themes do you know? How would you tell the story? Now, your theme for this year, being closer. Closer to Christ. Closer. Well, how would you tell the story in relation to your theme for the year, being closer to God. Why even tell this story? You see, that's a problem many of us come, come into contact with. Well, why even share it? I mean, we live in a Christian world, don't we? Most of us go to church anyways. So, why even tell the story? Well, what we read in, in Luke chapter 24 is part of the reason. You see, and what, uh, uh, what Luke does when he includes um, that story of the two men and Jesus on their way to Emmaus, and then later on in Luke chapter 24 when he talks to his disciples and he reminds them also. You see, when we read these passages and we read Luke chapter 24, we read about purpose and our purpose because purpose is, is found let's see I think it's right here yes when purpose is found when we see how it all makes sense you see it's not just about believing repenting confessing and being baptized that's not what it's all about so purpose is found when we see how it all makes sense to us and now it all comes together again. And secondly, purpose is found when we see how we fit into the story. How Butch fits into the story. How David fits into the, How each and every one of us fit into the story. That's when we see purpose in our own lives. But until we see that, it's just a bunch of words. And it's just a bunch of advice. That's why knowing the story is so important. Now, Jesus, in Luke chapter 24, uh, Luke mentions how he tells the story two times. First, he tells the story to these two people on the way to uh, uh, Emmaus. And it's because they were disappointed. If you, if you notice again, and we read this a minute ago, verse 21, chapter 24, 24 verse 21 says, but we had hoped 
that he was the one to redeem us. You see, they were disappointed because our hope, he's dead now. And so what did Jesus do? Well, he interpreted the scriptures for them. And he told them the story beginning from Moses. Huh? So since they were disappointed, he tells them the story. And then what do they say? Our hearts were burning inside of us when we heard it. They realized that, yeah, there's a story behind th this whole thing. And he just reminded them because as Jews, they knew the story. But he reminded them to solve this problem with disappointment. With disappointment. And then later on in chapter 4, uh, chapter 24, uh, uh, excuse me, and verse 36, then he appears to the, the, the disciples. And they're still in doubt, of course. So if you still have Luke chapter 24, as they were talking about these things, verse 36, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought he was, uh, that they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do, you, uh, why do doubts arise in your heart? So the two men, they were disappointed. The disciples, they're all together, but they're doubting. Now, they've heard some stories. Yeah, the tomb is empty, but they're still doubting. So what does Jesus do? He reminds them. He reminds them of the things that he had already taught them. So, beginning in, in verse uh, uh, 41, says, And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Now notice this, verse, verse 44. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And finally, they understood how it all came together again. So when Jesus tells them, Now you need to go, they had no problem with doing it. Now, you wait here for a few days, and you're going to receive power. And when you receive power, then you're going to be able to be my witnesses to the whole world. And they had no problem doing that. But up until that point, they were still frightened. They were still in doubt. They had been disappointed. And so what did Jesus do? He told them the story. So purpose is found and motivation is found when we see how it all makes sense to us. And secondly, when we see how we fit into the story, because we are a part of it. The story is still being written. Here, here in Central. Here in Cincinnati. Here in Troy, where we're at. The story is still being written. So, why did Jesus and the apostles begin with Israel? Why did Jesus tell his disciples, only go to the lost sheep of Israel? And then, in the beginning of their ministry, why did they stay in just in Jerusalem? And then from Jerusalem, of course, they went to Judea, talking to other Jews. Then they went to Samaritans, 
you know, talking to half-Jews. But why, why just start with Israel? Because they knew the story. They had been a part of the story. And that's why Jesus told them, go to the lost sheep of Israel first. And that's exactly what they did. So telling the story. Now, last, um, last week, and I thought I had the, um, the slide in here, but, uh, but I don't. Um, we looked through the, um, and if you go to Acts real quick, Acts chapter 2. So, many times we talk about, you know, Acts chapter 2 and Peter preaching in, in, uh, in Jerusalem. And what did, what did Peter, what, what did, Pete, did Peter preach? What did he say? He said, repent and be baptized. No, that's how he concluded his sermon. Because he began by telling them the story. And that what happened to Jesus, well, that was God's will. Now, you all put him to death by the hands of these Romans, you see, but this is all a part of it. And so he told the story and how it related to David and everything. Chapter 3, the exact, the exact same thing happens. And what, what Peter tells him in chapter 3 and in Jerusalem, he talks about the prophet. You see, God had promised a prophet. Deuteronomy chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 18, the prophet, and he said uh, that uh, God was going to lift up another prophet like Moses, and you're going to have to listen to that prophet. Because if you don't, uh, you're going to have to uh, respond to me about it. And of course, that prophet is Jesus. But he told him the story. The, the uh, uh, Stephen sermon, and that he ended up being stoned, remember? With real stones? Yeah. Why was he stoned? He told the story. And they didn't like it. And that's what we see through the book of Acts. Not just the apostles uh, preaching, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Yeah, that's a part of it. But that's the consequence. But what they do is they tell the story each and every time. And then we finished uh, last month talking about Peter's, uh, Paul's sermon in, in Athens. Remember? And these people weren't Jews. They were all pagans. They didn't know the scriptures, so he didn't even mention the scriptures. He just talked about, hey, we all come from the same person, Adam. We, uh, God is the father of everyone. He's the creator of everybody. Now, in your ignorance, you guys went into idolatry. But then he talks about how Jesus uh, uh, came and, and, and he, he preached this good news. And of course, there's going to be a time when we're all going to have to answer to God again. But he told the story related to them. He didn't tell the same story. How many times have we told the same story about maybe when we were children, but we tell it different ways? Because, well, it applies to us, uh, or, or in the situation that we're in, it just applies differently. So we tell the story a little bit differently. We're not lying. We just tell it differently. And that's what we see throughout Scripture, the story being told in different ways. So when we look at the Bible, and we look at, at the story, and there's many ways we can, we can divide the story up, you know, to, to tell it. Because remember, when, 
when going out and sharing with people about your testimony, about your witness, about who you are and why, remember you're a part of a story. And even before the moment you were baptized, you see that there was stuff happening before. There was stuff happening 2,000 years ago that have to do with who you are today. That's why it's so important to tell the story. Now, you can divide the story into two parts, Old Testament and New Testament. Here we've got an example of how we can divide the story into four parts. The creation and how everything was good when God created everything. He created the universe, he created mankind in his image, and everything was wonderful until the second part, the fall. And we talk about sin. The Bible talks about how, how uh, Adam and Eve, they decided to not take into consideration God's word and his advice. And they took into consideration and followed Satan's advice. And then chapter, then the third part, salvation history. Now, beginning with Abraham and, of course, uh, uh, ending with the, with the resurrection of Jesus. Not the resurrection of Jesus, with the return of Jesus, the second coming. And all these stages that happened through salvation history. The story of how God chose Abraham because through him he was going to bless all of mankind. Exodus and how God creates, the, out of one family, he creates a nation just like he promised Abraham. Then he took that nation, gave them rules and gave them laws, and then he completed his second promise, and he gave them a land. And then through history, he completed his third promise, and he sent the descendant. The descendant through Abraham to bless all of mankind. So God becomes man. God becomes flesh. And, and, and he dwells among mankind. We see God's hospitality again. You see, all he wants is to live with us. <laughs> That's all he wants. We're his children, and he wants to live with us. The thing is, we have this problem called sin. And of course, Jesus comes to take care of that, and he dies and pays the price. But he's resurrected. Uh, and now we have hope. Of resurrection also and then we have the story of the church and the Holy Spirit and how God has incorporated his church into his mission and how we cooperate with him that's why it's called the great co-mission because it's a, a mission between heaven and earth between God and mankind to bring about his purpose and then of course he's going to come back and he's going to create a new heavens and a new earth and we're going to be with him there forever you see that's the story of the bible so how would you tell the story since mission is about telling the story how would you tell the story how well do you know the story or how would you tell the story based on what you know because remember it is all about the story. So, we can tell the story in, for example, six chapters, like, like a play, and talk about the creation, the fall, Israel, Jesus, the church, and the new creation. How? Well, talking about creation and how mankind was created in the image of God. And again, it was very good. 
and how God welcomes mankind into this beautiful place to have fellowship with Him. And how wonderful it was. And He gives them this, this mandate to, to fill the world. And he, he tells Adam and Eve, and you guys are in charge of everything. You're my representatives. Take care of it. You're in charge now. Of course, they... That's a different story, but the creation. And then the fall. Adam and Eve, they dishonor God. They were created in His image. We were created in His image, but we are not Him. And that's what Satan tempted them with. You see, what he knows is, you, you, you want to become like Him? Well, go ahead and do it. And so he tempts them to become like God himself. And so they fall for it, and they're separated from the garden, they're separated from God, and they're separated from the tree of life. And then the third stage, the, the story of Israel that begins in Genesis chapter 12, the father of Israel, and the promise is given to him, I will make you a great nation, I will give you a land, and I'm going to send a descendant of yours that's going to bless all of mankind. The story of the Exodus and how through Joseph, uh, God ends up sending the, the, the descendants of Abraham into uh, Egypt to save them. Uh, but they end up becoming slaves to Egypt and stay there for 400 years. And God, he redeems them from, from Egypt. Then he gives them judges. Then he gives them kings. Then he gives them prophets. All to, 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 to help them as, as uh, uh, they go through the process of when God is going to finally uh, bless mankind through the coming of His Son. Now, through those years, through those centuries, Israel was supposed to be a light to the nations. Just like the churches. They were supposed, but they failed, and they failed miserably doing it. But they were created to be a light to the nations. And so, since they weren't, since they became more like the world, God sent them into exile for 70 years, but then brought them back. Brought them back and told them, I'm going to establish a new covenant with you. Because that old one that we wrote, you know, a thousand years ago, you guys broke it. But I'm going to give a new one, and it's going to be better. It's going to be based on better promises. So the story of Israel... And then we come to Jesus. Uh, Jesus, God made man. Um, and we see the story of how uh, uh, Jesus is a perfect example of, of what God wants us to be, who he wants us to be. Uh, um, Jesus is really the perfect example of what God wants us to be like. So we read in, in Bible class this morning, uh, look to Jesus. He's the perfect example of humility in that case. But look to his example. He is the descendant. And he came to establish God's kingdom here on earth. And in love, he gave himself to pay the price, to buy us back. You see, because we've been sold. Through sin, we've been sold to Satan. But he buys us back, paying the price. Jesus' life for our life. Forgiveness. 
And then, of course, the resurrection, where we receive justification and hope. Hope of being resurrected to eternal life also. And then the church, the story of, about, of, of, of the church, and how now the Spirit dwells among us as the body of Christ. We are God's people. We are His kingdom. And our purpose now is to do what Israel didn't do. Not that they couldn't do, but they didn't do. And that's why in, 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 in uh, Matthew, in the very first sermon that Jesus preaches, uh, per Matthew, uh, he talks about the, you know, the Beatitudes and the blessings and, and, and being a part of the kingdom. And then he says, you are salt and you are light. You live this way. You live with these principles based on, the, on, on these blessings. And you will be salt and you will be light. Doing what Israel didn't do. And as his children were full of his spirit. And we tell good news. We bring good news to, the, to, to mankind because we are his family now. Ephesians chapter 2 talks about how we were once, at one point we were far away, but we've been brought close through Jesus. We were dead, but now we're alive. And we're his family. And we're his temple. We're his nation. And we're being built up into a holy temple. And as his family, of course, we continue his ministry. And then, of course, the story ends. Remember, this is the story in six chapters. The six chapters, the new creation, new heavens and new earth, or the new Jerusalem that John talks about. That's what he saw. And that's what he revealed. Well, that's what was revealed to him. And that's what he wrote down. Because Jesus will return. Now, when he came the first time, he said, I haven't come to judge. I have not come, I've come to save. But the second time, he's going to come to judge. And he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And after that, he's going to create this new heavens and new earth where righteousness dwells. No more sadness, no more tears. Where righteousness dwells, the real Jerusalem the heavenly Jerusalem, and we're going to be welcomed by God again into this perfect fellowship. You see, because God is a God of hospitality. We see that in the beginning. We see that when he decides to come to earth, and we, and we see that in the end times, when he welcomes us back into the new heavens, into the new earth, and we live in full fellowship with God again, because that's what he wants. But in order for that to happen, uh, he's got to fix everything first. And we're a part of that from here on out. So the story uh, uh, in six chapters. Or how about the story of redemption? You know, the, and, and the redemption, uh, the, the word redemption has to be with being rescued and being bought back. So how would we tell the story in, 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 uh, with redemption in mind? Well, chapter one, full fellowship with God. Enjoying God's hospitality, but uh, mankind fell. And so redemption is needed. We need to be rescued. Israel, redemption is prepared through the nation of Israel. Through Jesus, redemption is delivered because the price is paid. Remember, on the cross he said, I've done it. I finished. 
He paid the price. Chapter 5, the church, redemption shared. And the plan of salvation is shared through the church. And of course, the new creation, redemption is now complete. The price has been paid, now we enjoy full fellowship. So you can tell the story based on this concept of redemption. Or how about, I mentioned uh, uh, last month, uh, the Jewel Miller film strips. Some of you may be familiar with the Jewel Miller film strips. And he tells the story in three chapters uh, based on biblical ages, the patriarchal age, the Mosaic age, and the Christian age. That's how he chooses to tell the story. And then, so he tells the story based on these three chapters, and then he gets to the, uh, therefore, uh, we need to believe and repent and confess and be baptized. You see, but he goes through, I would say, three-fourths of the whole series telling the story. Telling the story because it's all about the story. Or how about telling the story in the sense of the kingdom of God? And how God establishes his kingdom. He's the king. And uh, 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 there in in the garden, that's where he has his people enjoying everything. Eat everything. Just enjoy this place. And remember, you're in charge now. So this idea of God establishing his kingdom from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2. But then we see rebellion in the kingdom and how man loses access to all of that. And then Israel, uh, the king, how God chooses a king for Israel. They want one. But remember that uh, God uh, told, uh, uh, told them, listen, I understand. It's not the prophet that, that you are rejecting. It's me. But he reserved the right to choose who the kings were going to be. And so he gives them kings, and he gives them judges, and he gives them prophets. Uh, But uh, uh, the idea of how he gave them an earthly king. And then the story of Jesus. He is the king. And he brings about his kingdom. And then uh, through the church, we see how the kingdom works in the world. And how the kingdom is a light in this world of darkness. And then at the very end, uh, how the king returns and eternal fellowship is enjoyed from there on out. So you can tell the story based on the concept of kingdom. Or how about being closer? Telling the story about your uh, purpose for this year and your theme for this year of being closer. And how God planted a a garden. Why? Because he wanted to be close to mankind. That's what he's always wanted. But man fell. And so, closeness in man's terms will not work. The only way closeness will work is when closeness is based on God's terms. And so, since Adam and and Eve fell, there was separation. But then there was a promise. You see, because God wants to be close to us again. And so, Closeness is promised. In your seed, I will bless all of mankind. Uh, And then Jesus, uh, God becomes uh, flesh. He lives on earth for for over 30 years. uh, And he comes close. 
and he lives among mankind. He lives among his creation, and he's close. And it continues. Through the church, the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ, the temple of the Spirit. God dwells in us and works through us, through the church. So he brings about this closeness that's so special because we are one in Christ. We share the same spirit, Paul says. So there's closeness with God and there's closeness among us also. And then, of course, the new creation. Eternal closeness with the Creator once Jesus comes back. Or how about telling the story based on God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a community of love, because that's what the Trinity is, a community of love and of oneness, much like we were talking about this morning in Bible class. Well, the church is also a community of love. You can tell the story based on that. You see, there's different ways to tell the story. Now, there's only one story, but you can tell it many ways. Tell it your own way. How does it apply to you? But it all has to do with sin and forgiveness, exile and freedom, God's hospitality, reconciliation. And as a matter of fact, you can take each one of those ideas and tell the story based on one of those. Sin and forgiveness, and tell the story. Exile and freedom, tell the story. God's hospitality, tell the story. Reconciliation, tell the story based on that. And remember, we're a part of it. We're a part of it. This isn't ancient history that happened to somebody a long time ago. No, we are a part of it because God is still writing his story. So, a couple of questions, important questions. What are we saved from? What are we saved from? What are we saved for? Think about that. Well, we all know what we're saved from. But what are we saved for? What is our purpose in life? You see, purpose is seen when you see the story, when you understand the story. I'm convinced that that's why Jesus explained it to those two men. They were confused and disappointed. So what did he do? He told them the story. And they said, and that story burned in our hearts. The uh, disciples, here they are. They're confused. They don't even know if they believe anymore. And so Jesus came and says, listen, what has happened and what I told you, this was supposed to happen. And so he explained the scriptures to them. He told them the story or, re or he retold them the story because he already had. And after that, there wasn't anything that could stop them. And they went out, of course, and tell, told the story. That's what we're saved for. One story, many ways to tell it. And so in that sense, we are all missionaries. Because each and every one of us are a part of the story. 
And our purpose in life is just to tell others about it. And help them understand how they can fit into the story also. So think about it. How would you tell the story? Based on what you know and based on what God has done for you in your life, how would you tell the story? Now, you may be here this morning and have seen how your life fits in. Yep, I can see how now my life fits into this, this story. I know where I'm going now. And uh, maybe you have seen how you need forgiveness. Maybe you've seen how, yep, you know, I, I, I've been far from God. I need to be brought closer. Well, that's why Jesus died. That's why he shed his blood so you can be reconciled with God through it and then become a part of the story. Why wouldn't you want to? Or maybe you're here and you've seen how God has recreated you with a purpose. And let me tell you, I've mentioned this before. before your purpose in life is not to be a doctor, a fireman, a policeman, a school teacher. That's not your purpose in life. That's just what you do in life. God recreated each and every one of us with a purpose much bigger than that. Much bigger than that. It's a heavenly purpose. It's His purpose to be a part of His story, to be a part of this ministry of reconciliation that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God bless you. Next month, we're going to start